0: This is Mommy mom While well feminist. feminist. We're here to have authentic, open-minded, hopeful, and maybe even helpful conversation about being a mom in a world where gender inequality and misogyny are everywhere. We want our parenting decisions to reflect our values as feminists, but that's not easy, so we need to talk about it. Welcome.
1: Welcome. I'm Lisa.
0: And I'm Lindsay. I have two sons, ages five and seven, and a daughter, age two. And I have two daughters, ages three and six. A few of our listeners pointed out that we never actually aired an apology in our episode five with Maisha about white moms who mess up when trying to be anti-racist. So thank you for those who called us in on that. And we want to give that apology now. We are sorry for the harm we caused in our podcast episode about play. I was not as thoughtful as I needed to be about my
1: actions or how I described them. I know now that my words were painful for people to hear.
0: I was careless about the conversation and see now that the way we spoke and what we described and what we put out into the world was hurtful. We will try to do better.
1: Moving forward, when we talk about race and racism, we'll make sure to draw on articles and references by Black experts. We will take time before we speak to reflect on the seriousness of the issues we are addressing. And we will continue to talk about the intersection of racism and patriarchy. Based on Maisha's advice, we've also decided to incorporate a practice in every episode where we direct listeners' attention to the daily systemic violence against Black people.
0: If you or other listeners have any thoughts about steps you would like us to take to repair the harm we caused, we would be grateful for your feedback. Thank you. So,
1: today we're talking about TV.
0: Yes, for little kids. Since our oldest is seven years old, and my, my oldest still watches Daniel Tiger. So, we're definitely talking about little kid shows today.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but first,
0: who is your feminist crush this week? Okay. So, my feminist crush is uh, an influencer on Instagram called Laura's Little Bookshelf. And I discovered this after we recorded our last podcast about books. And she's she has the most amazing posts. So again, she's called Lara's Little Bookshelf. She's a mom of two, a librarian in training. I'm reading her bio. Um, picture book enthusiast advocate for family literacy and diversity in children's literature and she posts the most fascinating books on here there's so many that i have never heard of um and she has such a great little overview of each one that she posts so highly recommend following her there are so many books on here that i'm adding to my uh, wish list and that i seriously have never heard before so she is my feminist crush so laura's little bookshelf
1: That's awesome. I can't follow her because I've exceeded my book budget for the year. And it's only, you know, I don't know, August. Okay. Christmas wish
0: list. (laughs) What about you?
1: You're right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. So mine, I don't know if mine's weird. Mine is the fat sculpture on my dining room table. So I claim the word fat just for everyone. You kind of know this, Lindsay, but I claim the word fat for myself as a neutral descriptive word without all the judgment and hate that's perpetuated by our current fat phobic diet culture out there. So Just if if that use of the word fat shocked you, it's okay. I am fat. And I'm trying to normalize fatness because I'm fat, right? And one of my kids, if one of my kids ends up fat, like I don't want them to feel like that means they're ugly or they're a moral failure. And so, yeah, I recently got this beautiful fat lady sculpture online. She sits cross-legged in the center of our dining room table. I just, she makes me so happy whenever I see her. I can't even put it into words, but sometimes I catch Rosie. Rosie loves this sculpture and she'll be like eating her snack and she'll just be like lovingly touching her and naming all her body parts. And anyway, she does my heart good.
0: That's great. You'll have to uh, post a picture. We need to yeah. post a picture of
1: that. Okay. Yeah, I will definitely send you a picture. Okay.
0: Before we get into our topic today, we want to draw our listeners' attention to the police shooting of Jacob Blake, a Black man in Wisconsin. Please take the time to Google his story and take action. It
1: also happens that this episode is being released on Friday, August 28th, which is the day of the 2020 Commitment March to honor the anniversary of the historic march on Washington,
0: where Martin Luther King gave his I Have a Dream speech on the National Mall. If you can't attend a march in your community, you can donate to the D.C. chapter of Black Lives Matter, which provides legal support to protesters. So. So, as you said, today we're talking about TV and movies for little kids, and I'm going to start us off with a quiz. You ready?
1: I'm so ready.
0: This is my favorite thing. (laughs) Question one. Name two of the top five children's shows in the U.S. as of 2018. And don't cheat by looking at that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, can I name the top one? The top one is stupid. I know it. It's SpongeBob SquarePants. Yes. I can't yes. believe that. Thank God my kids haven't found it yet. And oh, duh, duh. Peppa Pig. Just
0: one more. Two of the top five. Did I get it? Peppa Pig? No. No, oh. that's not. All right. So I'll read all five. The top five in 2018 were... One, Spongebob Squarepants. Two, Star Wars Rebels. Three, Miraculous Tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir. Four, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. And five, Star vs. the Forces of Evil. Do your kids watch any of those shows? My Little Pony, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic.
1: Yes, <laughs> oh, mine used to really love My Little Pony. What was the fifth one?
0: Star versus the, vo- versus the Forces of Evil.
1: They sound like shows my kids would enjoy, to be honest.
0: We watch uh, *Miraculous: Tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir*. Is that good? Yeah, I mean it's cool because there's it's a female superhero and a male superhero, and I like that the male superhero is a cat. And that's yeah. pretty cool. All right. Um, next question. Okay. Question two: True or false? The majority of the main characters in children's TV shows in the United States are gendered male. True. So most, yeah, that's true. So as of 2017, female main characters. Or only 38%. So only 38% of the main characters are female. Okay. So just a little over a third. And this was only a slight improvement from 20, 2007. So in 10 years, it only went up like five percentage points from 33% to 38% in the U.S. Wow. In Canada it remained the same. It's 35% for the past 10 years. Wow. This is from a report, the landscape of children's television in the U.S. and Canada. Question three, true or false? Male human characters are more likely to be persons of color or racially ambiguous than the female human characters. I'm going to guess false. That's correct. False. So 96% of POC characters are female compared to 25% male. And the conclusion there, so that basically that means you're more likely to see like a black female than you are to see a black male in TV. And so, the quote in the report was that, so, the fact that female characters are more likely to be portrayed as persons of color suggests that some shows might be trying to check two boxes with one casting. So, you got the the black girl, so now you have a girl and a person of color. So, double token. Okay. So, question four. Which channel has the highest percentage of female characters? A, Disney, B, Nick Jr., or C, PBS?
1: PBS.
0: Eh, false. Oh,
1: darn. PBS. Come on
0: now. I mean, which channel has all the princesses? Oh, oh no. <laughs> yep. So 51% oh. of the characters in Disney are female. So they actually have like parody, they have gender parody.
1: Oh, wow. I'm still reeling from the answer to your last question and trying to figure out that one. And now I've got another one. I'm feeling a lot of feelings about these answers. Thank you, though.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that tells us something interesting about representation and how even having, when you have equal numbers of men and women, it also depends on how they're being portrayed.
1: Right. Oh, um, nice segue, Lindsay. Yeah.
0: Well, I have one more question. True or false? Higher levels of TV viewing are associated with four-year-olds being more likely to believe that other people think boys and men are better than girls and boys girls and women true yeah true um and i feel a little weird about this because i don't want to be like shaming people for watching tv because it's not causation just association but basically they're saying like when kids watch more tv they're more likely to think that boys and men are better than girls and women Or they think that other people think that, which is interesting. So this was cited in the Common Sense Media 2017 report, Watching Gender.
1: Yeah, well, okay. So that brings me to something we really wanted to make sure we started saying at the beginning of this podcast, which is, thank you for that. Um, Because it it is making me feel a lot of feelings, maybe even shame, even though you didn't shame anybody. Um, I know I personally right now, Uh, I'm not managing TV for my kids, like because of coronavirus, it's a TV free for all, and I used to have it under control, and I feel completely out of control, and that that just happens to me personally. But I think as we go into this topic, I think making sure that like you know that you're not being judged by us, not judging yourself, if this isn't top of mind, and you're not able to think about all this stuff as much as you like. Um, maybe this podcast gives you a few easy wins so you can, you know, shape it, but no pressure, no judgment. I don't know. Like, how are you controlling television at your house right
0: now? Well, I do think we don't have cable, so it's not like they can just turn on, you know, any TV channel they want and figure out what they want to watch. We, we do have, pay for PBS Kids through Amazon Prime and they can pretty much watch, pick anything off that. But, um, I mean, we don't pre-screen. I will say though that my, as I alluded to earlier, like my, my oldest daughter is still into like really basic shows like Daniel Tiger and, and um, Dora. She still watches Dora the Explorer. Mm-hmm. So, it hasn't been as much of an issue. Sometimes, for movies, we do check the common sense media sometimes. We usually do if we're, if we're being intentional. But yeah, it's hard.
1: Yeah, and I think if there are, listeners who have like any kind of system for how they manage that any advice I think especially as kids are getting older like my seven-year-old on his tablet has one hour of screen time a day right now which honestly sometimes turns into two hours that's part of our like quarantine
0: routine and he's he's just finding shows that I've literally never heard of in my life do you do like you I mean we do have parent settings like the on Netflix, they can only Yeah, yeah.
1: We so. do have the Yeah. But I, I'm just saying, like <sighs> Yeah. I used to common sense media the movies and, and like now they're they're watching movies that I like haven't common sense media.
0: Okay. No shame. We're doing the best we can. But yeah, please share if you have uh suggestions for that. So in terms of screening what are we actually screening for when we do screen? <laughs> yeah. Well, so do you think the the book tropes apply to this? Yeah. So in our last episode, we talked about books. And we came up with eight tropes uh, about gender stereotypes and biases that we found in books.
1: So let's just read these through. The damsel in distress. Okay. The perfect girl who saves everyone, especially other people's feelings. Mom is caretaker and the dad is maybe present, more or less. The guy is the goofball. The girl has to rein him in. The guy's the leader, the girl's the sidekick administrator, the guy's mansplainer, or just gets more credit than he deserves, the token feminist, the farmer and the dinosaur. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think most of them apply. But the exception being be maybe, maybe the token feminist. Like, I'm not sure if there's, if, if y'all remember, listeners, that refers to, like, the feminist book, like, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. They're more of, like, biographies. I don't know if there's TV shows like that.
1: Yeah, I don't, I haven't seen any. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think you and I were able to brainstorm a show for each of these. Yes. But we were also able to brainstorm shows that were kind of the opposite. So yeah. that was cool.
0: Yeah. As we were, You know what I think would be fun, Lisa? If we were to create a bingo card. So as we're like watching TV, these shows with our kids, that has <laughs> the biggest or the yeah. most common sexist I love tropes that. in little kids TV and like what would it include? So for example, I would put boys have no eyelashes and girls do (laughs) on the mingo card because the the in most these tv shows boys don't have especially boy animals but also boy humans like i was watching today with my kids super why that pbs show that's teaching my kids one of my kids to read and like the (laughs) girls on that show have eyelashes the boys do not and even daniel tiger like daniel tiger mom tiger has eyelashes dad tiger and daniel tiger do not so okay, what else would so you put on the what would you put on your bingo card? What would I put on my bingo card? Well, we could do the token girl.
1: That's the one I was thinking of. The token girl. I think you could also do the perfect girl who saves everyone. Yeah. Um, you could definitely do mom as
0: caretaker. Yeah. Only would, mom does the dishes.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or like even or like dad as like quote unquote lovable buffoon. The one that really drives me crazy is Baronstein Bear's dad.
0: Oh my gosh. Worst.
1: Yeah. And I just feel so bad for Mama Bear. Yeah. Like the whole book. I'm just like, this is not fair. She needs a vacation. Yeah. From all of this. So yeah, I mean, I think one of the things I really like about your bingo card idea is it develops this awareness, right? Like I I think that's so cool. I A, it's hilarious. But also, yeah, it develops this awareness. I think we've talked about this in a few different things. It's like come up like The reason we care about the books they read, the whatever, TV shows and movies they see, is A, so that they like see themselves represented, feel valued, see opportunity. But there's also this element of seeing when they're being put inside a box, see when they're being set to the side. Right there's like the flip side of that, and we want we want kind of both those things in our like awareness. So, and this comes up. I've heard about it. You've you've heard about it because I think I think you've heard about it because you like study this stuff. I heard about it as an educator. So Paulo Freire in the 1970s was teaching Brazilian migrant workers under military dictatorship, and he taught them to recognize their own oppression in order to work against it. And this is something that has come up for me as an educator and. I think the first thing to say is the big caveat, right, is that it's not the oppressed person's responsibility to work against their own oppression. But Paulo Freire and people since him have found that developing a critical consciousness, which is like an awareness of your own oppression, does empower people and I think helps them avoid like internalized oppression.
0: So I like the bingo card. Like if we had a bingo card and actually did it with our kids, while watching tv it could help it'd be a way to teach them about media literacy gen, gender literacy which is a term i've heard more recently but yeah like especially for for girls but also for boys but for girls to become aware of the of what's what messages are out there that are trying to socialize them in a certain way
1: yeah and i mean i've had a lot of conversations with educators about like how to develop critical consciousness because it can feel a little bit like, I think it's sad and and hard for a parent because you feel like you're telling your kid like your choices are limited, the world is against you. It can feel, yeah, it's just a scary, sad thing to kind of have to do. But, But the thing that has been helpful for me is when my colleagues have shared like how important developing critical consciousness was for them. And I think it's interesting to think back on like, when did Lindsay or when did Lisa first notice that TVs and movies were harmful to them? Yeah. Did you ever have an experience like that? I'm just curious.
0: Yeah, when I I I'm not sure what ex- what exactly happened, but like I had so when I was 17, 18, I went through serious depression and I was put on medication and went to therapy and Around the same time I discovered feminism and something about the two of those worked together to help me become aware of of like how much I had been brainwashed in or socialized to like want the experience of 16 candles to like want the experience of the girls on TV to be like the perfect girls on TV. I'm not exactly sure how that connection happened, but it all happened somewhere around there. And maybe, maybe my therapist helped me to unpack that, you know, cause I actually, I know she did. I know she helped me to unpack like this, this feeling of this need to be perfect that I had very much internalized. So yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I think that the critical consciousness is, is, essential and ideally we can teach our kids to do that from a young age so they don't get to be 17 like me and <laughs> you know like um right. and looking looking out for these things as they're watching TV and looking out how because the reality is is that none of there's no I mean we could talk about some of our favorites in a minute, but like none of the even my favorites are not perfect. Like they don't address all of the the many issues. Like s- they'll often fall into one of these tropes right. or one of these things and that the the Common Sense Media report. Did I mention that already? Mm -mm. Um, I didn't. So Common Sense Media has a report called Watching Gender with all these findings about gender stereotypes in TV and and movies. And, you know, there's this long checklist and we posted posted it already on our Instagram. And, like, I find it really difficult to find a show that, like, fits all of those. But if we teach our kids and ourselves to be aware of these common messages and tropes, then it can help to to ward off you know when we internalizing those you know what i mean totally totally yeah thank you for
1: sharing that story and yeah i agree and i guess i sometimes need those reminders because in like the busy parent life it's so easy to be like do you notice the boys don't have any eyelashes moving on pick up your socks (laughs) you know i don't know
0: do you know what i mean yeah and And i suppose i should explain why that's a problem i mean it's it's not in and of itself it's not a huge problem it's just it does i think eventually grow it's a gateway into this like sexualizing of girl characters yeah as well as distinguishing facts like why do we really need to know who's a boy and who's a girl based on their appearance on tv like there's this strong need to make sure we can identify someone based on their their gender identity based on their expression and these are two different things. Gender identity and gender expression are two different things.
1: Right. It makes me think of Kipo and the Age of the Wonder Beast, which I mentioned as my feminist crush a few episodes ago. It's the first kid show I've ever seen with a character where you, you didn't know and it was ambiguous. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, what a great opportunity to have a conversation. Like, does it matter? Why do we care so much?
0: Yeah. Do you yeah, all any it's shows? Interesting.
1: Go ahead. Well, I just want to get your advice on this because I really was grappling with this fact because in the show, it is a girl. Like she is a girl, she identifies as a girl. And it it felt important to me to be like this character, partly some of the conversations we've had recently about like reminding me, like just because I want to expose my daughter to like a broader vision of gender doesn't mean I get to like change people's genders. Like it's up to them. I think you helped me kind of notice the time I was doing that on the last episode. And so I, I kind of in the thing, I was like, no, 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 I guess she seems like she's a boy to you. She says she's a girl. She wants to be called she. Don't you use he. You don't get to change
0: it. But that's such an important lesson. It you know, is. People- but,
1: but then there's another lesson, which is just like, why do we even care? And sometimes I feel like those are like contradictory.
0: Yeah. I mean, we care if that, it should be on how, you know, how that person identifies, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you know of any shows that, with human characters, where there are boys that exhibit non-stereotypical boy traits? Great question. I can think of two. One is um, Pinkalicious and Peterific. Her little brother is Peterific, and he, like, wears purple. And And it's not that – and I don't know this one super well. But, yeah, I would say, how does the uh, common sense media they, – they have a, a way of terming this – Counter stereotypical activities, and I would say that that the way he like plays with his older sister and the things he's involved in, and and his name is Peterific and and loves purple, would count. The other one I saw this really good episode of uh, Fancy Nancy where you know fancy nancy loves being fancy and she found out the, a boy was going to come over and play and she wanted to have a tea party and she was so upset because a boys don't like to be fancy and it turns out he loved being fancy and <laughs> he was like way more fancy than her and like knew how to like do all this fancy tea party stuff and i was so happy to find that episode and i want to see more stuff like that because that was really great at challenging how we typically associate boys with certain traits so oh, wow. yeah I thought that that's was really- great yeah
1: so, I have heard of some shows that I haven't seen. Steven Universe, from what I can gather, it's, like, about a guy who's basically, like, obsessed with these women superheroes. So, it's, like, huh. told from this guy's perspective, but he's a real feminist? Don't know. Worth checking it out. Yeah. Actually, I think that's the only one that I've, I've heard of recently that I can at least suggest, it, it, at least, like... It's not, it's not what you're talking about. It's not the, like, a male, like, bending gender norms. Yeah.
0: So what are some other tropes? So we have the eight that we talked about, and then we already talked about, like, the physical appearance, like the eyelashes and the lips. What would you say are some other tropes that we see in TV and movies that we haven't talked about already?
1: Yeah, so I guess along – this is a t- tricky one for me to articulate, but along the <laughs> – boys have no eyelashes. Also, boys have no sense of community. I feel like one of the things, and I think I see it because I have boys attracted to like quote unquote stereotypical boy shows. And then I, of course, I'm like bringing in as many other things representing, you know, centering girls as possible that I can like see this contradiction and how hard it is to get like representation. And I feel like there's some really great stuff in the stuff that's targeted to girls about being a part of community. Sometimes it goes overboard because then you have to be like the perfect savior of that community, right? And you only care about the community to the detriment of yourself, to some of your other tropes that you identified last week, like the perfect girl who saves everyone or like the girl doing everything while the guy is a man's or a goofball. But like the boys books don't have any of that. Or the, the boys books, the boys TV shows like
0: often just don't have any of that. That's my trope, what about you? Other tropes? The token girl, and I think, so that's like one side of it, one piece of it. And then also like uh, getting back to one of those quiz questions, the token girl and token kid of color wrapped into one. <laughs> so like Super Y, well, actually Super Y has two girls. So that doesn't count. But like pa, PJ Masks, you know, the, there's the, the one girl. Of course, there's only three kids there. But um, isn't Paw Patrol an example of that? Oh, yeah. I mean, you can tell that Paw Patrol was like, oh, shoot,
1: let's have Sky. Sky wears pink. You're like, yeah. no, come on, Paw Patrol. Please. Yeah. And then That's a like- little while later, they had Everest because I think they realized like our token feminism is too it, it's too transparent. We've got to try to hide this. If now now the trend is two token girls. If you have two yeah. token girls.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sesame Street. I guess it's gotten better recently, but like for a while it was. I, mean, I haven't watched Sesame Street in a long time. But when I used to watch it a few years ago with Caroline, it was. Um, and maybe these were kind of old, but it was the the fairy. What's her name? Abby. The pink one, the Abby. All the other monsters or puppets in, in uh, Sesame Street were m- mainly gendered male, like all the main ones.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: Definitely when we were growing up. So then they added Abby, and I know they have some more now. What else so, what have you got for me? So the black best friend is often also a, a common one, too. I mean, this is everywhere in, like, adult TV shows and movies, too. But, like, Fancy Nancy and Wish and Poof, yeah. where the, like, best friend is, is a black girl. And probably, the, I think, the only kid of color in there as well. What are some other ones?
1: <sighs> There's certainly um, a lack of representation of different body types in these mm-hmm. shows. So the shows that are about women and center women have skinny women and stereotypically stereotypically beautiful, I guess, and able-bodied normative, if that's the right word, mm-hmm. like portrayals of women. And I would like to see
0: that switch up. Is that – would you f- say it's the same for boys, though? Like, I feel like boys are mainly thin as well. Yeah, um, I do think that that's
1: true, and I think – Often the, the mean character is mm-hmm. the fat character. Yep. Right. I mean, and the mean character is ugly. Right. Yeah. And I mean, really problematic in any way to equate our outsides with our insides. But so let me, let me clarify it's not just a problem that there aren't any fat women, it's that the women being betrayed are often um, impossibly skinny. Mm. That's really what it is, right? So, you know, the no one's waist is actually skinnier than their neck kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Thinking of, like, all the Disney princesses. Yeah, Yeah, the miraculous ladybug girl, she's super skinny. So is Cat Noir. They're, like, very, very skinny.
1: Yeah, and so it's just, like, how early and how subconsciously we plant those expectations for thinness. And, and it's interesting because I think when you have children, you can see them become indoctrinated to some of these harmful beliefs. And it's interesting to see, like, the idea that being fat is bad hasn't hit my kids yet. And I, like, am waiting for the day it does. And it's painful to see the ones that have hit. Like, it feels like sometimes once they hit, There's nothing you can do.
0: I mean, I again, our kids are young, so like older parents can, parents with older kids can (laughs) tell us otherwise. But I, I don't know. I refuse to believe, like to believe that, like it's too late to change their minds. Like even if they still say certain things, like as long as they're hearing us, I don't know. Eventually, it will. It will. You're right.
1: No, you're totally Totally. right. Thank you for saying that. I, I yeah. I guess it's just. I wish I could preserve their innocence.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, Lindsay, what what are your favorite TV shows? Okay.
0: So, uh, I think I said earlier, like pretty much all shows have something problematic about them. So it definitely becomes a both and thing. But I, some of my favorites, um, Moana, obviously is amazing for so many reasons. She's dynamic. She's why is it so great? It's like transformative justice. I love the 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 way she like refuses to let. Maui tell her what to do. I love how she repairs the harm with Tafiti and like appeals to this this inner beauty of or uh, inner divine of, of Tafiti. So love Moana. Um Mali of Denali is pretty great. Yeah. Because and both Moana and Mali of Denali feature indigenous people really amplifying, telling the stories of indigenous histories and cultures. And Molly Molly. Denali is available as a podcast, if people would prefer that that way. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. It was was a podcast first. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and Molly Denali, like, she doesn't fit into um, stereotypical. She's kind of counter stereotypical, like, really into the wilderness and, yeah, I like that one. Um, I'm a fan of the Tinkerbell movies with a caveat in that there are some problems like that definitely needs more diversity in terms of racially and ethnically and definitely in terms of body diversity, but I just love how all the fairies are, have this connection with nature and they're all kind of scientists in their own way and they work together to solve their problems. I'm a fan. Dino Dana is another great one. We have several people on Instagram recommend that. Lots of great things about that. It's a little girl who loves dinosaurs. It's counter-stereotypical in terms of like the color palette and the her dress. Um the family it's also the family, like it's a non-traditional family, it's a blended family, which you don't find very often on TV. The mom and the daughter are Latinx, and the dad and the other daughter are um Indian American. So that's really cool. And yeah. Someone else on uh, Instagram recommended She-Ra, which I haven't seen, and then another one someone else recommended Bluey is Blue, and then finally tum- tumble Leaf, which my kids just started watching, and someone on Instagram also recommended that because it's a, a male and female non-human character, and there's some things the girls good at, something the boys are good at. I think the girls, the, the, the inventor, I think neither one of them have eyelashes, which is cool, so those are some of my favorites. <laughs> no eyelashes i'm obsessed with eyelashes the other thing i did so on this like daniel tiger have you ever noticed how the dad tiger and daniel tiger don't wear pants but mom tiger and margaret tiger wear pants so caroline and i I joke about that (laughs) i don't know what that says about anything sexism related but like she, I've taught her to joke about that, and I like that she is now aware of it. <laughs> My sons would love that; they hate wearing pants. No <laughs> pants. But why don't the why do the girls have to wear pants?
1: It's true. Yeah, no. Why do they got to be? Why do they got to be stuck with like that? So you know, I love Kipo, and this actually made me think of another podcast I love. There's a podcast called The Two Princes by Gimlet Media. It came out last summer during Pride Month. Um, and actually now it's being picked up by HBO to become a 60-minute animation. So Ooh. that will be really cool. And it's, about, it's a traditional Disney fairy tale, except it stars two star-crossed princes who fall in love. Oh. Yeah, despite years of hatred between their two kingdoms. Uh, their two kingdoms are run by their powerful mothers. Powerful and flawed mothers. It's just a really sweet story. It's really funny and entertaining, uh, diverse and inclusive. There's a kick-ass lady knight. And eventually, all the women who had been hoping to marry one of the princes that form an army to save Um, him—it's just fun, and you can feel good about enjoying it because your kids are able to enjoy the fantasy adventure and like dismantle some of those,
0: yeah, those
1: stereotypes. So yeah, it's a good start. It's it's a good one. Um, And then some people, when I posted about this on social media, recommended Hilda on Netflix, Dragon Prince on Netflix, Avatar: The Last Airbender is a pretty good one. Actually, that's one where the main character, the avatar, is definitely not uh he's not macho. He's mm. I, I don't know the right words to put to, but you know, he's he's this like kind of a savior character in the sense that he's he's the last avatar, but he like would prefer to wear flowers and like sing songs. Anyway. And we got some seconds from Molly Denali and the Dragon Prince. A lot of those were were seconded. So there's some there's some different things to check out. And I'd be interested to hear what you think about this. We started this with me being like, listen, if you're like me and you're in a dark, deep hole and you cannot see the way out of controlling this horrible tide, it's cool. But maybe this is like some other things where, rather than trying to think about what you're going to take out or what you're going to remove, think about what you could add. You know, like maybe you can't control that your kid loves the Beyblade show, speaking for myself. Yeah. But if I add, you know, Molly and Denali, let's consider it a win. Like it's, it's the, it's, it's headed in a positive
0: direction. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my kids still watch Sophia the first and you, and uh, you know how much I hate that show. Like, (laughs) and, but they still watch it. And I think for me, it's, I mean, I guess one of the lessons I've learned as a feminist, trying to apply feminism into my parenting is that I can't keep my kids in a bubble and it actually would be like trying to protect them from all of these problematic TV shows and problematic songs, problematic stuff. And one, it would actually be, I think, harmful to them because at some point they're going to encounter it. And I want to arm them with the tools to be able, that critical consciousness that you mentioned, like to have that critical consciousness, to be aware of it. And, um, so trying to teach them that as best I can, which is hard. And I don't do it all the time because sometimes I'm just too tired, but like, yeah, trying to teach them that. And two, I mentioned this in the last episode about books is that they may not interpret everything the same way I do. I last last time I talked about the Little Mermaid example and it may be that they learn something from some of these shows that I think is just awful. Maybe she's learning something great from Sophia the First. I don't know, but I think it's important to to talk about it and be aware of what are these messages that are being sent to us and and making sure and helping her become helping my kids them I have to become aware of it you know
1: yeah um
0: yeah I mean the main way we do this is like I mean we talk about I think the easiest thing for me is like to talk about like I talked about the eyelashes the other thing like even like Elsa like pointing out you know, have you noticed how often Elsa changes dresses? Like every time she does a song she has to, or does something big, she has to train, change a dress. Why do you think that is? Just like asking those questions and then we have a conversation about it and she'll ask me and I'll be like, because they want you to buy the dresses or something. <laughs> um, and, and trying to tell her the marketing aspect of it as well. And then I also tell her like how I feel. Like I don't, you know, super why. You know, it kind of annoys me that every time it's always Wyatt is the one who's like leading super Y. Like, why can't he let one of the girls or the pig lead the whole show? Like, why is he always, always the leader? So I say that. I don't know how much of it she listens, but that's my approach. What about you? So I think those are amazing. Um, and, And we do a little bit of that,
1: too. I think we've also like explicitly talked about the word representation, And what representation means. And like be sitting around the dining room table, you know, how do you think it would feel if you never got to read books with any boys? Trying to raise awareness about the importance of representation then kind of gives the opportunity to talk about whether, like what the representation is in the things that they're watching. And so I think it gives a a way to say – kind of like you're saying, like, yeah, I really like that show, but I don't understand why there aren't any girls in the show. It bothers me that the show has only white people. Those are, that's a lens that I want my kids to ask themselves every time. And they're young, and, and obviously this doesn't like solve the whole problem. So the first step is like, who is being represented? And then I think more and more to get into those conversations like how are they represented the um my friend sent me this from the conscious kid the conscious kid shared it on instagram it said always ask yourself who writes the stories who benefits from the stories who is missing from the stories so i like that better i like that as as guiding questions i think i can and shift away from maybe this word of representation i don't know a a different way to approach it yeah
0: i don't know you want to give me any feedback on that Lindsay? no i like i like that i like the I love those three points by the conscious kid because I think the who is benefiting, like when you're talking about, it's not just, you know, understanding your privilege is about understanding how do certain people benefit from seeing themselves on TV all the time, from seeing themselves in these, in these diverse and positive roles or like strong roles or powerful roles, seeing themselves in positions of power, not seeing themselves having to do housework. Right. Cause like, one of the tropes is that it's usually the mom is doing all the caretaking and housework and not the dads. And yeah, so I, I really like those three, those three points as well.
1: I guess where I'm getting a little bit stuck with this and I just have to reflect on it. It's like, my kids will come to me like, mom, I found a really good show there are girls in it. And then they'll, like, argue. They'll be like, no, that's not really a girl. She's not a girl in that show. And then Nathaniel will be like, yes. And he's, like, trying to argue that there's a girl in the show so it'll get, like, the mom seal of approval because, like, if there's not a girl in the show, I'm going to have a problem with it. And it's, like, missing the point. But I don't know if that's just the age they're at.
0: That's interesting.
1: It just basically, like, there's a lot – there's a lot more conversation to be had, A, eh? but it kind of reminds me of what we talked about with Maisha about like actions speak louder than words. And I feel like if I'm leaving this conversation with you with anything, it's this real charge to find the great shows that center women the great shows that center people of color a great show that centers non-binary characters like it like that's really my quest because finding those and really enjoying those as a family is like the best way to i don't know it's is is an important way
0: yeah okay here's what i think that to me it's less important as mom of girls talking to a mom of boys what I want your boys to, to take away or not, what I want, don't want them to take away. So I don't want them to watch TV shows and turn into a mansplainer. I don't want them to watch these TV shows and become, um, accept violence and see men as leaders. So those are the things that I would say is more important for you to talk about than like being able to, I mean, I think the representation stuff is important but that also, that can lead to that token. It can lead to the tokenizing, right? Like, oh, That's yeah, there's true. a girl that makes it okay.
1: Yeah. But, like, for
0: me, what's more important and what frustrates me the most about a lot of these TV shows, and, and some of them, I, we, we kind of went through those tropes quickly, but, like, the one about... Um, the guy is the leader and the girl is the sidekick and, or the administrator. So like this is so common, like Monsters, Inc, wildcrats Super Why. There's this Christmas movie that my kids love and I introduced them to it. And I just regret that since the day <laughs> it called prep and landing about these elves that like prep for Santa and the elves that do all the like cool work are male and the girls are all, are all the secretaries and the admin work. And this was just created like 10 years ago. And, Those are the sort of things that bother me the most, and that I would want parents of boys to have their boys be aware of, and that, like, this is not fair that the boys are the ones that get to do all the fun stuff in this show, you know? That's a really important push for me. Yes. Thank you. I could just go on and on. (laughs) About the, the TV shows that, are, that make me bonkers. But you're like, so uh,
1: right. Like, I have been really focusing on representation when it comes to these things.
0: Yeah. There's definitely this other piece of it. And the and the violence stuff, too. I, I don't watch a lot of the shows where, like, Beyblades. I've never seen that stuff. I don't know what's happening there. But, like, what messages are being sent to boys about violence? And What messages oh, are being sent about so sexualizing and objectifying girls. Right. Because right. so much of it, it's much more important. The representation thing is like the roles, the power, the roles of girls versus boys in those and non-binary if they are in there. And those different roles and the different degrees of power that they have. That sort of analysis of gender is is, is what's really that like that's the of sort of like critical lens to what you're looking at
1: yeah I'm curious if anyone else has struggled with that
0: and the other thing too is that it's really important for boys and girls especially gender conforming girls and boys but I think is it is being accepting of boys and girls that are gender nonconforming. I think that that's one of the points in this in the common sense media where they have show role models who participate in both feminine and masculine behaviors and roles without ridicule from other characters. So showing boys who participate in both feminine and masculine behaviors,
1: but the- do not,
0: and are not ridiculed for other ca- characters. Right. This is particularly important for male characters because that's, that's why there's so much violence against transgender people. Right. Because it's accepted because of this link between like violence For people who act out of their gender, gender norms of expression. But I
1: really want to clarify something there, actually, because I think you're talking about something deeper and bigger and more and also really important that I was leaving out of this whole television movie conversation, which is it's not just about showing and we talked about the critical consciousness, but I was almost reserving like the, the the critical look at these things for my boys through like a representation lens. But -hmm. I think your push, like it's not just about representation. It's not just about what we're shown from like, are there positive representations of women, people of color, non-binary, like all of that. It's also like, is there some like bad behavior from men that's being celebrated? Yeah. That I need to like catch. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like beyond yeah. representation.
0: Um, yeah, absolutely. Like another one, The Polar Express. My kids love that movie. I like it in many ways. But the boy, the main character, is constantly second guessing the girl. Oh, she's an example. She's the token. She's a token girl and a token uh, kid of color. of color. Yeah. And she's super confident. And she's, a, you know, her word is leader. And. She knows what she's doing and she's like, she believes already and he's constantly doubting her to the point where she starts to doubt himself, herself. And so she's basically there for him to learn how to believe in himself (laughs) or believe in Santa or whatever. And then he gets to be the one to sit on Santa's knee. And I don't know if I've talked to my kids about that show, actually. I haven't about that particular. Because some of this I'm still processing myself and some, but like that one does... It does. Uh, I feel like it's just like celebrating. I mean, she's pro- she's a prop in many ways, and he gets to like cast lighter, and then it's part of his journey, and and there's no repair or consequences or anything, and it's not even acknowledged as being of the harmony. Like that look on her face when he's when she's like, "Yes, this is the right thing to pull," and he's like, "Are you sure?" And she's like. Oh. I don't know, you. this look on her face, I'm just like, you are putting self-doubt in this girl that's probably going to last her for the rest of her life. <laughs> <laughs> that is a problem. That is a problem. Okay. So,
1: so then yeah. I basically have to watch all the shows with all my kids. All right, so but we've got to wrap this up. But, yeah. Lindsay, <laughs> you're making me nervous because I cannot watch all these shows with my kids. What's the what's what's the next step to try to do it sometimes. Yeah. To
0: try yeah, to try and do it sometimes. And you know what? Let's make this bingo card and like play bingo <laughs> with your kids and turn it into a game and maybe that'll make it fun for you and it'll help them to think critically about what what they're watching. You know, eventually. Yeah, I it is hard cuz I don't always watch these shows with my kids either but then you, you know, but you, you listen, you know, if you're listening in and you hear something that bothers you, you know, pipe up when you can. I don't know. Let's think on it.
1: Thanks Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So how will you take care of my friend this week?
0: I'm reading this book called this is woman's work by Dominique Christina. And it's a wonderful, beautiful book about, and and each page is like about examining your inner being you so calling forth your inner counsel of wise brave crazy rebellious loving luminous selves and each chapter so this recent chapter was about shadow woman so like understanding your, your shadow woman inside of you and so i'm gonna keep and so i took a night last night and i um, actually did the reflection questions and i'm gonna do that for another week at least with the next chapter like read it and then actually sit down and do the journal prompts and the reflections because it's um, been really powerful So that's how I'm going to take care of myself this week. How are you going to take care of my friend, Lisa, this week?
1: I am going to say this one, but I'm not sure I can really follow through. So I may need help. Like the last time I think we talked, I was in a place where I was like, I'm going to do something besides just like produce, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm like so far past that. I'm so drowning right now. And so I'm just going to have to accept imperfect work and i've been trying and i'm gonna keep trying like i made this video for kids and like the question wasn't timed right and i was like i should go back i should make that question one second earlier you know and i just was like no i'm gonna give this video and the question's gonna be in the wrong spot and that's really 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 hard for me but i think if i don't start to like cut some corners i'm gonna never see my kids again and lose my mind so yeah i think i'm gonna sorry that was a roundabout way I'm going to intentionally cut corners but I need a
0: little help maybe because I might forget ask me again okay, please (laughs) All right, I'll hold you accountable good good for you because that uh, that's the perfectionism tugging at you and that's not that's not healthy nope
1: okay Lindsay for me this episode was really inspiring like it really it's it's re-motivated me to try to do one small thing a week to to be engaged with my kids in terms of tv and, and social and, and media so tv yeah. and movies
0: and uh i do want to build that bingo card so listeners please tell us if you were to create a bingo card of uh sexist tropes in children's television shows or, or just a bingo card about sexism and children's television shows what would be on your bingo card and um let's build it together and then we can all try it out and see how it goes Thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear what you think about this topic. Our website is MommingWellFeminist.com and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at MommingWellFeminist. Let's have each other's backs this week. And take care of yourself.